You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. The Chsam Sofer writes that when we send Mishloch Monos, uh, we shouldn't distinguish between Mishloch Monos, between Aniyim and Ashirim. In other words, you might want to actually give someone who has less in his home, you want to give him more stuff as a sort of a way to, that he'll have more food. Uh, and someone who's more well-off, you're going to give less to. But some sofa says the person's going to figure it out, and he's going to see that either through conversation or something, that you're giving more to him. And so, so in order not to be Mavayashim, we actually it came, uh, our Hanhaga is that we give everybody the same type of Meshloch Monos, uh, at least in terms of Kamus. That's what the Chassam Sefer says. Um, I mentioned the other day that um, many Gedolim felt that unlike regular types of tzedakah and, and gifts, uh, when it comes to Meshloch Monos, uh, you have to know who is the person you're getting it from. Um, and that's why putting a sticker on is important. The Chassam Sefer son, the Chassam Sefer actually writes that Mefurish, um, and in fact, um, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the Briskarov used to actually, he wanted to, to know who it was because he wanted to feel uh, the sense that this person was trying, uh, to get close to him. Um, if you know somebody doesn't eat a certain heksher, so obviously whether you think that's too frum or on his part or not, but he's not going to eat from that heksher. So to send him stuff from a heksher that you think the person doesn't hold of would not be the right thing to do. Um, the postcom are a little bit uh, concerned. Uh, we talked about things that damage your health. But how about there's something that, uh, you know, a couple that's already too old for snacks and other things like that, they, you know, um, that wouldn't be the stuff that they would eat and it's not healthy for them uh, to eat. Um, again, so you really need to show some sort of wisdom in terms of what you're sending. And a lot of people just like to send the same thing to everybody. But you do have to think about it. From Zalman Orbach uh, spoke to his Talmidim, and he said that you, you need to think about the COVID of the person you're sending to. Um, but it's not the COVID, he said, that you think of him or the world thinks of him. It's what he thinks of himself. So if he holds himself as a hush of a person then you can't take him down a peg by sending him like, a, like a, something that is small and cheap. Um, you need to know, put yourself in that person's eyes about what he thinks about himself. It's not a time to, you know, to send, again, we're into a whole um, um, assembly line type of style of Shulach Manos. Shulach didn't think that was the right way it should be. Now again, in terms of not giving more to a poor person than a rich person, that we have the Chsam Sofer. But the Chsam Sofer, but Rav Shlomazalman felt that think about what that person thinks of himself. The Sfasemis writes that there are people who um, don't want to give Shlach Manas until it's given to them. They wait. I'll just wait for that person to show up and I'll give him back something. I, I, by the way, I'm more hush than him anyway. I'll wait for him to come to me before I run to his house. But Sosema says, look at the Pasek, Ish Reyeyu. Ish is a hush of a person. So an Ish gives to Reyeyu. So giving first is actually a covet. So that's covet that you're a bigger person. That's the reason why you are 
um, giving. The um, an interesting psak that I saw, which I'm not 100% sure why, um, they say if you're sending Shalachmanus to a shikr, who probably won't get out of his drunkenness until the day is over, you're not Yotze, you're Chovah. So it seems like the person needs to somehow recognize and be, have enough mind to realize that the mitzvah of is being fulfilled. Now, I'm not sure exactly. He might be drunk and understand that as well. So I'm not exactly sure why sending to someone who's already in a drunken state, you wouldn't be Yotze. But that is what the, um, the Dirshu uh, uh, letter of Psak that they came out with this year said that, that you're not Yotze to send to somebody who is drunk. Uh, and if you're drunk, that I understand. If you're drunk, sending to another person that's drunk, they also say you're not Yotze. Again, it really, really depends, I think, on the level of drunkenness. But this is a psak that I can't really understand completely, although, you know, obviously every mitzvah, you want to have the greatest das before you do it. We already talked last night about Avelis and Purim. Um, the Ramah says that you don't send shlachmanos to an oven. And he says it's similar because shlachmanos is similar to the Dinah Hilchas of asking an oven how is he doing. And it's also to ask an oven a whole year how he's doing because you know he's in pain. However, if you do send shlachmanos, which would be the wrong thing to do according to the Ramah, you should, the person shouldn't insult you. If you send it to him, the person should take it the same way when you ask him how he's doing or on Tishabov asking you to talk to you, say hello on Tishabov, you're supposed to answer. Um, Rav Vosner uh, points out that on a poor Mishulish like this year, so remember, the, the Shlokmanus is done on Sunday, which is not really Purim. So on a regular year, in, uh, you might want to say, well, when it's truly Purim, they might want to say it's not, there's no Avelis, Bepharhesian Purim, etc. But on a Purim Mishulish, it's less Purim, despite the fact that you have the Suda. So if you're sending Shlachmanus, which people do on Sunday in Yerushalayim, they should be Nizar for sending it to an Ovel. If you do decide to send to an Ovel, um, uh, Bronsdorfer says that it should be, uh, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be sweets and wine. It should be things of substance that, you know, good substantive food, which aren't necessarily, oh, I'm, you know, these are things which are sweet and give you a sugar rush to make you happy. Um, Rav Chaim Kanievsky felt that if you feel you want to send to an ovo, uh, he said that you could basically have your wife send to the wife of the ovo, even though everybody realizes that the reason why you're doing it is because of the relationship between the men or the reverse. That's another option. Um, if a person's an Ovil and he has adult children, or whoever, even children that are, whether they're living in the same house with him or not, I guess if they're living in the same house, uh, it's hard for them to have anything separate, but let's say they'd be living outside of the house. So um, they could send Shloch Manos, uh, Ronsdorfer says, to their parents. And even though, according to the Minig of the Ramah, and the reason is because he says it's because you're being makir tov. Um, so uh, it's your parents and you're being makir tov by sending them shloch monos. 
for the same reason, um, it's already mentioned in earlier posts, already, that you can send to your Rebbe, even according to the Minigramod, you don't send Shlachmanus to Nobel, you can send to your Rebbe or to your teacher. Um, because that's the aspect that Rabban Starfer says. It's like Priyas Chayv, which I think the different Malkiel also says something similar. If a person has borrowed money from someone, so he should be careful in terms of sending Shlachmanus if he hasn't, if he doesn't send them usually then it's a chashash of ribis. Now here comes some halachas which some people might find a little bit offensive. But again, you know, there, there, it is in the poskim. And let's say somebody is a complete enoshom in Torah mitzvahs, it's machau shabbos, um, and that's the person that you have to send. Let's say you're in a place where let's say that's the only person, the only Jew around. Um, so Rav Sternbach paskins that, that, that it's not ish re'eyu, he's not re'echo. So you don't want to show him friendliness because even you know, because of his lifestyle, unless you feel that the only reason he's doing this is because he doesn't really know better. Rebel Yoshev uh, sort of, you know, uh, when he passed about this question, uh, was a little less machmir. He says, look, you have to know that the person is, is, is that way because uh, he's lahachis. But if he really hasn't learned, despite the fact that he has a rough edge to him, um, you could send him shlachmanis. However, um, the Rebel Yoshev um, and, and Rev Nissan uh, um, Karelitz speak about another problem, which is if he wouldn't have eaten this food today or this snack or whatever you're sending him, in a way you're sort of connecting, although he'd probably eat anyway, but you're sending him stuff that he will specially eat and not make a bracha on. So one of the eights they came up with the postkin was, and it just, this won't be insulting to him, was that every on every item that you send, you you know you put a little sticker that says this is the bracha, and the person doesn't necessarily get insulted by that. He doesn't think, oh, he doesn't think I make a bracha because maybe he thinks that's that's normal uh, to do that, and that way you could feel that you weren't machshul the person uh, and a bracha. He'll see, probably won't make a bracha anyway, but at least you did what you were supposed to do as far as that goes. Um, let's say you get shlachmanas from somebody who is a machal Shabbos and a person who doesn't do, is not shemer terev mitzvahs. So Rav Karevit says clearly you should give it back to him. You should give him something back. Um, but be careful in terms of sending wine that's not mavushal because remember, mavushal wine, anybody can drink. Uh, and even if a person is machal Shabbos, lahachis touches it and moves it, he, that wine can still be consumed by anyone. But if you're sending him wine that Alpi Halacha can only, once he touches it, every Jew is also to drink it, including himself. So you're being machshul him in an Easter that he wouldn't have done normally. There's an interesting machloikas um, between the Nitziv and his brother in law, the Arachashulchan. Um, Nitziv writes that Sim Mishta, even though it says Simcha, but Mishta means something that's essentially on wine. But you don't necessarily need to eat pas for your Purim suit. You don't have to eat bread. It doesn't say that in Shulchan Aruch either, that you have to wash on bread. Um, however, the Rosh Hashulchan, interestingly, although you wouldn't expect him to be the Baki and Chumash like the Nitziv was, he says, look what it says by Lot. It says, Vayas lehem mishta, umatzos So you see that they had matzos that were baked. So it was a mishta, and matzos were part of that mishta. So the Orach HaShulchan therefore says 
Araya that the Purim Suda should dafka be with Pas. Um, we talked about uh, the Rambam writing that the Purim Suda should be Bosar. Um, uh, Rab Fisher felt that Bosar, if you're going to have Bosar on Purim, it should be Bosar Behema and not Bosar Oaf. I don't know if people are so mocked on this, but you should have a, not necessarily because that's Bosar Minatora. Post can discuss about taking haircuts on Purim and about cutting nails and other sorts of activities because it should be an activity you don't do mo- that those type of malachas it should be should be also to the mitzvah hayom and some say you actually shouldn't take haircuts on Purim however um, uh, what about on an air of Shabbos so Post um, the Kafachayim says it's also even to go to a non-Jewish barber on Purim, on Erev Shabbos. Um, however, um, Rabbi Ben-Sian Abashol and Rabbi Yosha both said that if a person feels that he needs to shave, uh, he feels that his beard is unwieldy and he wants to look uh, presentable, look up at Shabbos, so then he could shave himself. And that's not necessarily the same thing like going to the barber and going and making a whole big deal about it. Um, uh, the same thing would be true on a normal Purim, perhaps one um, shouldn't uh, cut their nails, but on Arab Shabbos, you're doing it for Rukavit Shabbos. In terms of making washes on Purim, um, unless you really need it for Shabbos, but it shouldn't be a day that, oh, I'm going to make a bunch of wash. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody's around, I'm just going to do washes. Again, that takes away from what people should be thinking about, which is the Simcha Sayom, reading the Megillah, um, being involved in, in the Suda. Um, Let's say somebody has puts various uh, tattoos and makeup on, you know, just body, you know, stuff that uh, body makeup and and uh, you know things for Purim in terms of uh, for their costume. Um, so if there's, especially if there's, if the person's written letters or numbers, you have to be worried that before Shabbos you wash those off. So you shouldn't wash them off on Shabbos because it might be considered mochek on Shabbos. Another issue, of course, is that um, that it might be chatzitza in terms of netilas yadayim. There are ways to take makeup off if you haven't if you haven't done it before Shabbos um, with, without using cotton. Uh, you can take a little bit of liquid soap, or you can take a tissue, uh, one little tissue, and just uh, as Ramesha says. You can just uh, soak it a little bit to get it wet, not soak it, but actually uh, get it a little bit wet in water. Um, And as long as that would be all right. One of the things people don't think about when it's an Erev Purim, Erev Shabbos Purim, is when you have a whole table's worth of shlachmanas, and now you start separating the stuff and putting things in different places. It's all mixed up on the table now. You're separate. Okay, here's the breads, here's the cookies, here's the power of stuff, here's the stuff that's not chametz. So that that might be breira on Shabbos. Another thing which a person should be careful about is um, because 
if the kid is already seven, eight, nine years old, but he, he starts trading with other kids. So that's like a business deal that they're doing on Shabbos in order for them. Like, you know, they, they have their, their pile of goodies. Um, that is something as soon as they reach a certain age is too similar to business to allow that. Um, Obviously, one of the beautiful halachas is that to learn Hilchas Pesach at the Suda because it's within 30 days. Um, and there's another minag that to actually on, even though it's Purim, there's already a small bookshelf uh, that they already clean out. Um, and that bookshelf is cleaned out. It's like, it's like you already started cleaning for Pesach as well. In fact, um, once you do that, that could be your the first side of B'dikas Chometz. And that's a, a beautiful thing that you can already start fulfilling at the Purim Suda, um, that mitzvah. We've talked a lot about uh, Purim Meshulish. And um, it's an interesting, obviously very fascinating, but what's also fascinating about the fact is that there isn't a uniformity in terms of accepting exactly how Purimishulish works. Uh, although in the Mishabura and in most of the classic poskim, the Mishulach um, Monos is something that would be done on Sunday, the Chazanish disagreed, and the Chazanish felt that um, the real time Mishulach Monos should actually be uh, on Friday because that's when you'd read the Megillah. You read the Megillah, that's when you do Matanus Avyo, and Emtanus Avyo and Shalach Manus are a pair, and they go together. Now, because of the Chazanish Shita, which is also, by the way, even um, um, the, uh, the Kapachayim and others, or Gesmachayim Zunfeld and others, write that you should probably do something, even Yerushalayim, on tomorrow uh, to send at least um, one Shalach Manus set uh, to your neighbor um, because of the suffix, whether when is the real day of Meshulach Manus. In fact, there are some postcards that say that um, based on the, the Shita of Samigiri, the Meiri quotes in the Ran and Megillah as well, that um, some say that originally the Sudo was supposed to be uh, on Arab Shabbos. So there are people that are machmir uh, to eat a Suda in Yerushalayim as well. And uh, even though you would say it's only people who looks large, there are um, people who do that. And they feel that that is a, a proper chumrah. Although we mentioned that the time for Matanus um, Levyoinim is on when you read the Megillah, which would be on Friday in Yerushalayim. Uh, if a person didn't do Matanus Levyoinim, um, the post can say that he still has an etza, uh to do it on Sunday when they're going to be having this, when they're having the suda. So that's an interesting hashlama that usually don't have. Just for you to realize what happens in Yerushalayim on Shabbos is the Kriya, of course, is the Kriya of Purim. So they're going to take out two Sifrei Torah, and the first Sefer they're going to read Parshish Tetzavah. And the second one, in a separate Sefer, they're going to read Vayavayamolek, and they're going to read the Haftorah, uh, of, which is in Sefer Shmuel, about Mohammed Sadat Amalek. Uh, in 
outside of Yerushalayim, uh, they're going to read the, the Haftorah from, from Yechezkel, which is what you read. Interesting minag that the, uh, the Sfarim write about is that because we're saying Alanisim and we want people to realize it really is Purim, that when you say Good Shabbos or Shabbat Shalom, you say Agun Purim Shabbos in order for it to emphasize that it definitely is Purim. Um, the Rambam, in fact, uh, says specifically that you should darshan, we talked about uh, you should darshan Kochus Purim in Yerushalayim on that Purim so people should realize that it's Purim. Um, there, the Machsa Shekel talks about uh, Minag that people had to take the Megillah out um, and to learn Megillah's Esther. Because if you're not reading it, but you're actually you know, looking at it and being mafarish it, and you're not reading it with the with the nigun, but you're actually learning it, then we're not chayshik that we're gonna. Oh, I'm gonna go ahead and read it. So that would also be a way um, that uh, you could remember and feel the sense of Purim in in Yerushalayim on Shabbos. It's interesting that the Mishnah brings that from the pre-Chodosh, we talked about the Chazanisha Chita, about sending Shlok Manus on, specifically on Friday. And of course, the Minig, of course, is, to, is for Sunday. But the Mishabura quotes from the pre-Chodosh to send Shlok Manus um, on Shabbos. Um, and people don't have to prepare them. They could eat them and they don't have to cook them up or warm them up. Um, and that was the Minag in, in many places in old Yerushalayim uh, to send that. So uh, the Kapachayim writes that it turns out if you want to be Yerushalayim, you should really send Shlach Manas on all three days. Obviously, be careful um, because uh, the Kapachayim says because you want to, it's got to be an Erev. Um, Fazanish wasn't so happy with that answer. <laughs> he felt that uh, you have to be, he says that um, it's, it's um to the whole, in fact. And um, he felt that there was no mocker to this Yishalmi Minag of sending Shlach Monas on Shabbos. But that was one of the things that people did. Now, because of the Fazanish's Kpeda, it could be that that Minig was stopped. However, Shlom um, and Orabach, used to send Shlach Manus on Shabbos to someone who lived in his apartment or in his building. Um, in fact, you don't even have to send it to him. Uh, it's possible that you could just invite somebody for Shabbos. Of course, not Corona, where because we're not inviting people you don't know or people you aren't part of your bubble. But then you can give him Shlach Manus at the Suda, at the Suda Shabbos. So again, this was the, uh, the Eitzah in order to try to be Machmir uh, and be Makayimit on every single day of the three days. Um, in your Shalayim, especially the idea of wearing costumes uh, is very prevalent, especially among the children. And even on Shabbos, in, um, they would be dressed in costumes. Um, and even in places where the Yerushalayim, you've done, but he has an Eruv, the place in there is so without an Eruv, 
you can definitely go with your costumes, um, despite the fact that it's not your normal dress. It's not a problem. Um, however, um, let's say you're wearing a mask, not a Corona mask, but that period, but a type of mask, uh, whatever it is, you know, Donald Trump or Netanyahu, whatever it is that you have on your face, um, or whatever type of masks with a, with a, with a string. Um, generally, that would be also to wear in Rishul Sarabim or a place that doesn't have a neighbor because the person might want to take it off and say, hey, look at me, who it is. Uh, you know, obviously, in this period, um, maybe doctors should be wearing your masks uh, no matter where you are, and that wouldn't be a problem. We talked before about a person who forgot to give Matanus of Yohanim. Another interesting thing I forgot to say was, let's say a bocher becomes bar mitzvah only on Shabbos of the 15th. So really on Yudalid, when most people were giving Matanus of Yohanim, he wasn't chayev, so he would give again, because now he's a, this would be enough to be considered a bar chayuv. That would be a way to um, to Makayim that, uh, even though he might have done it as a child, on Friday he can give Matanus Vionim again on Sunday, based on the sheetas that hold that you can actually give Matanus Vionim together when people give their uh, Shlok Monos, which is mostly on Sunday. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 